Hi, welcome to Interviews Podcast. I am passionate about business. I used to run businesses for others before launching my own. And I have always asked myself one key question. What is the secret recipe to properly structure and successfully run a business? So I am on a quest to find out through insightful conversations with entrepreneurs all around the world. Follow me on my journey to crack the entrepreneurship code. Interviews is sponsored by Bertoli Digital, a Wix website agency built for startups, individuals and SMEs. Bertoli Digital is also Finland's first certified Wix expert and Wix partner agency. 1% of all the agency's project revenue go to Global Footprint Network to help change how the world manages its natural resources and respond to climate change. If you want to know more, www.bertolidigital.com or contact at bertolidigital.com. This is Interviews. Today I am with Anna Yusela, CEO and founder of We Encourage, based in Finland. Good morning, Anna. Thank you very much for joining. Good morning and thank you for the invitation. This is quite exciting. Excellent. I'm excited too. Uh, we're going to talk about some good stuff, I think. So tell us, yes. a little bit, <laughs> tell us a little bit about your journey. Okay, I will take the shorter version because <laughs> yes, we don't please. have all day. <laughs> Basically, uh, my journey begins uh, from the school when I was studying uh, Inter- uh, no, it was business, international business. And uh, I was there to kind of learn myself how I should be running the business and, mm-hmm. and stuff like this. Previously, I had been working as a retail sector, as a shop manager and, and things like this. But then I felt that, okay, I know, I know what I'm doing here. So I wanted to learn more. And uh, that's the time when I decided to start my own company. Mm. I took a course and made a business plan, applied for funding and, uh, and a loan and, and uh, started that back in uh, 2011 when I started my first company. And uh, I was working in retail sector and uh, I got quite excited and interested about uh, AI and blockchain. Mm-hmm. as uh, those have quite a lot of advantages also in the retail sector. And uh, as I had been working there, I was really interested in trends, what's coming up, uh, how the world is changing, uh, how the trends are emerging all over the world. And uh, that was quite exciting. Um, but then back in 2016, I saw a documentary about an Afghan girl who wanted to be a rapper but uh, obviously in uh, some of the, the countries in the Far East, girls are not allowed to sing and dance mm-hmm. and, and do these type of things. Uh, but it was her dream. But uh, the story short, she was almost forced into marriage uh, so that her brother could buy a wife for himself and arrange a wedding. But uh, luckily the documentary maker ended up buying Sonita Free 
and uh, she was able to get the scholarship in the United States and now she's uh, rapping for the women's rights and against the forced and child marriages mm. and something shifted in me. I, I got quite upset about the fact that someone's life might be so kind of unworthy and mm. the price for Sonita was $2,000 and I was amazed that okay if it's about two thousand dollars, why why we just don't start buying those girls free and give them an opportunity to have a different type of life? And uh, I have never been a feminist or a NGO worker or charity sector or anything like that. That but uh, that thing just kept kind of bothering me. But it was so much different from the retail sector that I was thinking that okay, I need to be successful 50 year old lady before i can start doing something or that if <laughs> that anybody would take me seriously mm-hmm. to to kind of take this kind of uh, mission but i i kept thinking about it and i actually had a had a lady connected uh in an ngo and they were helping women and girls and i even called to her that johanna what do you think if we just start buying these girls free wouldn't it be kind of easy easy thing and she just laughed at me that i think it's not ethical it's it, it might not be that easy mm. and of course it's not but still i i kept thinking that uh how we could use technology and and start helping these uh poor families that might be interested in keeping the the girl at school but the community pressure in in some cases is so big that they have no other option so uh I started to figure out that what if we could use blockchain in incentivizing these families so we could have a peer-to-peer donation system and we could track down that the girl is actually at school and the money goes where it should. We could even program mm. the money so that people who are receiving the monthly incentive to keep their girls at school, they could actually kind of uh, benefit it more than one-time payment that they usually get and we could even uh, pay for the school and we could even pay for the girl as a nest egg so this kind of started emerging in me and uh, someone then uh, told me that why don't you go and pitch your idea on the blockchain Mm -hmm. summit that's up uh, in uh, November Uh, it was in two weeks and uh, I had no idea what is startup world how how all of this is working uh, and uh, back in 2018, blockchain, it was still quite a lot of about cryptos, ICOs and, and those stuff. So most of the people in the blockchain summit were those uh, people who are quite deep down into the crypto world. Mm-hmm. And uh, my idea was quite different from the people who were there. But uh, I kind of overcame my fear and went to the stage and pitched my idea and uh, kind of the worst thing that ever could happen for a person who had to gather her courage and go to the stage. And uh, it happened to me that the first judge who was kind of like the imported judge from overseas and kind of like the the main person in there started laughing at me and and told me how stupid I was to to think about this type, type of thing that whoever would sold their daughters to marriage. And wow. uh, it was it was quite quite a thing. Uh, yeah. It was a lady. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh, it was a lady? I thought it would be yes, a man. Yes, it was really? a lady. Oh. Yeah. And uh, I was, of course, a bit kind of like uh, overwhelmed at what's happening. How can anyone be so ignorant and, and not understanding that this is a real thing? But um, I, I just kind of gathered myself and, and thought that, okay, this is a learning, learning journey for me. Mm -hmm. That, okay, this is a thing that one of the most important thing to learn is to, to realize that there are opinions and then there are criticism. And uh, even though the people who are there sitting in front of you, namely kind of on the upper ladder, then you, you don't need to kind of care about their opinions and, and they might not be wiser than you. And, and this is kind of how I took it. And I realized that, okay, I faced my fear. I have always feared that what if someone just laughs at me and, mm -hmm. and that, that was there straight into my face. But then another of the judges then uh, looked at me and, and told that you have to start a movement around this and, and kind of he was the encouraging one and he, it was a he. So it was quite interesting to know this that, okay, actually many of my supporters with this journey have been men. And uh, that has been quite encouraging. Mm -hmm. And then the, the last of the judges actually started helping with, with his uh, um, connections. And uh, he was kind of the one who, who pushed me forward and, and kind of believed in me. Mm. And that's how, how the whole journey started. It was just an idea, just a thought that maybe, maybe we could do something about this. Maybe we could start fighting against the child marriages, uh, oppression against women and do something in the startup scene and, and with companies. Mm. And, uh, in Finland, it's mainly on the shoulders of NGOs and that uh, usually they don't have resources, they don't have the know-how, they don't have the, the possibilities of doing things uh, in a way that companies can. And that's when I learned actually about the impact startup scene. And, and that was mm. kind of uh, helpful because I realized that, okay, I'm not alone with my, my mission that this is actually a thing that mm -hmm. you can create an impact and also uh, make a business out of it mm. without it being uh, kind of bad. So you, you were in, in the retail sec, in the retail sector, you had this uh, uh, company, that I think, I believe you told me that you were quite successful with it. And suddenly you go from the retail sector, from a life that is quite comfortable into something completely new, where you have no idea what's going to happen. Uh, there's no guarantee for success. There's no guarantee for financial security. Why? <laughs> yes. Yes. Why? Why did I do that? <laughs> I wonder myself time to time as well. Uh, it was a struggle. It was, uh, I had to clear quite a lot of fear uh, and, and kind of step into the out of the comfort zone. So uh, when I established my first company, um, it, it was in July 2011 and in the spring of 2012 I got pregnant and mm. I was studying still at school. I had my company and, and I was thinking that, okay, I'm, I'm crazy. Why, why should I have everything at the, at the same time? 
but um, I still remember that I was uh, back at home and uh, and kind of worried that what might happen. I had taken that 10 grand loan and I was mm. thinking that, okay, how am I going to pay back and, and all of this. But then I realized that, okay, it's quite a lot of kind of dependent on my attitude. How do I kind of take do do i continue with the fear and worry and and make mm. everything as a struggle or do i make a decision that okay i can make it all work and take one time kind of one step at a time and uh, i made a decision that okay i can make it work i can uh, get my studies done if I take my husband and, and kind of rely on him mm -hmm. when, when taking care of the baby, that's doable. Um, and uh, I can make the, the kind of the, the business thing work if I just uh, kind of schedule my timetable and, and make it work with the baby. And, and that's kind of like I made the decision and then I started making a plan how to mm. kind of like I will make it work. And I did. And I had another child also. And I had been with them uh, as a stay-at-home mom until last fall. So mm. uh, my older son is seven and my daughter is five. And uh, I was able to make it work. Of course, it means that I wasn't able to... Um, run a multi-million dollar business or or kind of like uh, uh, measure the success possibly on the measures that some people do but i was able to scrap some money out of it pay some salary for myself and uh, keep things running to do what i like to do what i want to create the life that i wanted and uh, from that angle i felt successful i was able to be a mom I was able to be a wife and I was mm. able to be a business owner and, and that was quite good. And uh, at the time when I kind of had to do the shift, I was just in the stage that I, I realized, okay, now, now I'm, I'm getting my, my son is in school. My daughter is going to kindergarten. Now I would have some time to actually start doing the business. And then I realized that, okay, I'm in the crossroads. Mm -hmm. that do I start this thing that it's completely new and weird and, and kind of no guarantee whatsoever mm -hmm. that it will work out and start kind of all over again the struggle that I had been having all those years that is it really what I want and uh, I was trying to fight quite a long time kind of mm -hmm. against it that no 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 I will postpone it and do it later on but it kind of didn't leave me alone. Yeah, the appeal, so, the appeal was too strong, was it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the, the kind of, it was just trying to come out of me. And I still remember the feeling when I was uh, sitting. Oh, and actually, one thing was quite interesting because my aunt, who had been really, really much uh, supporting and helping me with my entrepreneurship journey she kind of had the key words to me mm -hmm. because she was telling me that Anna I will not let you kind of uh, let go of everything that you have built for so so long and, and now that don't kind of start going that that I'm, I'm not gonna let you leave the the 
kind of thing all that you have been building that that you should continue and it irritated me i, I got kind of like okay i know ah, why is she saying that to me and i realized that she's saying the words to me that i'm kind of like using as an excuse not to take the the step towards this unknown right. world so you were like and challenge accepted <laughs> yes it kind of like exactly i realized that okay this is why it irritates me because i actually want to go there but i'm too scared yeah. and uh and then i kind of made the decision and it was it was amazing i have never felt anything like that because all of my kind of quite strong passion actually i was very very passionate about the retail and what i was doing mm. but it was like everything of that vanished and i became like a maniac reading about forest marriages islam sharia law all all the material that i could scrape in from the from the women's situation and uh, legal aspects and all all kinds of this thing and and uh, then i just started to uh build the network because every everyone that i had in my network were in retail sector mm, so this mm. was completely new world and i i needed to start taking step by step but so, sorry to interrupt what what are we saying well what are you saying to entrepreneurs are you telling them like don't, don't you know overcome your fears it's going to be fine you know there's a lot of uncertainty out there but you know just follow your passion yes uh it's it's kind of like that if you have such a strong feeling and urge to mm. do something i would say that go for it because the 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 fear i i never realized i have read this in in really nice uh, quotes or anything that go for it and and just follow the fear or whatever they have these nice quotes and i've never kind of understood them that okay what what's that mm. but then when i had to go there and and kind of realize that this is what it means when you start stretching yourself that you go out of your comfort zone mm. it means that you kind of you you know that you might have what it takes but you are not quite sure and you are a bit too afraid to kind of go and and reach out there because you are afraid that okay what if someone laughs at me <laughs> like mm -hmm. what yeah. happened to me so um it's kind of like if if it's something that tries to come out of you most likely it might be something that you in your mind don't dare to do but it might be something that you are supposed to do anyway so uh not always the the desire that you you should be taking forward is something that you in your mind would like to do because there are so many uh for example um kind of programs that your for example parents might have put in your head that you have to do something like this or mm -hmm. in order to be successful you have to be educated like this or you have to be doing this type of work and and it's quite scary to start doing something that you are not sure that how actually you are going to do it and uh, i'm quite a control freak I would like mm. to be the one in charge and kind of know exactly what I'm doing, how how am I going to do it? And it was really weird when I was in the situation that I have no idea how I'm going to put this thing together. 
and uh, I didn't have the clear path to mm -hmm. anything because in the retail it was so clear that okay I will do this and then I will do this but this one was okay I don't have any I, I understand coding I understand the techno technology but I'm unable to do it myself I cannot code so how, how do I build it actually and, and have I understood everything correctly mm -hmm. uh, when I was pitching in the blockchain summit my kind of biggest worry was that what if I have understood it wrong what if I haven't quite grasped what it actually is and then everyone is like there that oh, no no it's never gonna work like that you haven't understand anything but then of course I was validating my idea with others and, and realized mm. that okay I don't need to care about that at least I learn if I have misunderstood something then I know okay what's the big deal yeah yeah exactly and what's interesting it's very inspiring what you're saying because what's what's interesting is that you may be like already a successful entrepreneur but still at one point you may reach that point where you have new decisions to make or something is growing in you and you are you have that fear again because you know you've reached a situation where it's quite comfortable and you, you you're afraid of getting out of that of that comfort comfort zone so you have to reinvent yourself again i think even if you're even if you are if you're an entrepreneur so it's always like you know just keep on doing <laughs> keep keep on yeah. keep on going yes exactly keep on going just try well, yeah. who cares if you fail and and the fear of failure it's so uh, it's quite interesting how much it can control you mm -hmm. so kind of and and then i started to think even this that who determines when i'm failed how can i ever fail if i always keep getting up kind of you 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 just keep going it's kind of like uh you you basically there might be setbacks there might mm -hmm. be bumps in or like definitely there will be bumps on the road and there will be setbacks and and kind of like seeming failures but if you are anyway going there and making something that uh kind of gives you a good feeling and you want to spread the good feeling around you and do something that makes an impact so who cares if there is some setbacks who cares if there is failures if it's just you said that's, you that's said something of... you said something very interesting and I never thought about that before who determines when you fail you know yeah how do you define how do you define failure yeah very very good point never thought about it before thank you i'm going to use that question as my, my coaching sessions now <laughs> yeah i think i think we should be asking it uh, over and over again because yeah. one of the kind of um, my my background for entrepreneurship is that uh, my whole family is basically entrepreneurs. So from both of my uh, grandparents' side, my both of my grandfathers were entrepreneurs, and my dad is, and my uncle is, and my aunt, and everyone basically. So for me, it was quite clear that okay, well now I know how businesses are, how, what it means to be working in a company, and I will start my own and and there has been many setbacks in my family there have been bankruptcies and uh, kind of company people uh, or the the kind of partners stealing money and running off mm. and, and all kinds of things are happening and this is kind of like uh, maybe giving me the the idea of this that okay things happen there there are setbacks the, these are part of life and and when i've been growing up in this kind of environment i know that okay 
if you just keep moving forward, you will eventually the sun will again shine and, and kind of it's, it's money, Ma mm -hmm. mainly it's money. Mm -hmm. And uh, of course, sometimes it might be quite hard on the mental side because you have to have the, the fear and worry and, and get over those yeah. kind of things. But still, it's, uh, it's kind of, and then if you, if you give up, then it's failure kind of it's and uh, it's different to to give up on a reasonable sphere when you see that okay this is not working then mm -hmm. it's reasonable to kind of let that go and and let something else emerge and and continue from there so i can i can feel your passion very inspiring when we prepare that uh discussion you know you told me that you had to to be able to manage both you had to be very good at time management, you know, being efficient, create routines. And I really want to talk about that because I believe this is such an important uh, issue. So tell me, what's, what's your key, key recipe here for time management? Yes, so uh, routines. That's one of the really key point when I started my journey as mm -hmm. a mom and, and having a kid because uh, in Finland, I think this might be all over the world, but especially in Finland, uh, people think that, okay, when you have a child, you don't sleep. And then uh, around one year age, you start kind of making your baby learn how to sleep. But that's, I realized that, okay, that's a myth. It doesn't kind of, it's, it's not like normal. It's kind of like the behavior that we just let be. And I read some books about mm -hmm. how to make a, how to raise your child in a French way or something like this. And then there was a baby whisperer book or something like this. And I realized, okay, you can get your baby sleep at the age of four months and uh, kind of just build the routine there. And I, I did that. I, I stopped feeding them during the night and it was hard work. Of course, it uh, required quite a lot of determination, but I made, I had made the decision that I want to, I want, I want to be a mom who is able to sleep and be fresh in the mornings instead of being the ghost who is trying to just survive from day to day. And I, I <laughs> yeah. was thinking that, okay, it's worth, uh, worth the determination. So that was one thing that I was able to get the, my kids sleep, uh, kind of like the, the whole night, uh, at a very young age. And then uh, the the feeding routines, so that uh, everyone who is who was taking care of the baby could kind of take part as well as my husband. So in the evenings when I was studying at school, he was able to take care of the baby, so I wasn't kind of attached to mm. the baby when I was breastfeeding. And uh, uh, of course, then uh, when I had the routines, it was easy to kind of schedule my timetable on the naps. So when the baby was asleep, I was doing my, my work. And also when my husband got home, kind of like I passed the child to him and mm -hmm. went to, to work. So uh, I created the, the routine that what I needed to do and, and scheduled my day around that. And uh, it was actually really good because now and as the COVID-19 yeah. came and uh, I had to also balance with my kids at home and, mm -hmm. and homeschooling. I realized, okay, it's no worries. I've been doing this since 2011. I've been working from home, doing the distance work from since then, having my kids there. So it was, again, just back to the 
balancing the routines that okay in the morning time you will uh, do the the homework and the homeschool stuff then I send the kids outside mm -hmm. so I can uh, do my uh, email checking and all of that do the cooking some cleaning and then kind of like I have taught our kids to to be on their own to, to play together mm -hmm. and they uh, my husband is also an entrepreneur so he might have some calls or something like this during home so we have educated our kids that when we are speaking on the phone they have to kind of keep it a bit quiet and, and not be disturbing us and, and kind of and it's quite they they are doing quite well so nice nice yeah routines very very important i think what you're saying also is about um, being disciplined you know i've often tell my clients that time management technique works they are very efficient but the only problem is yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's your... true. Yes. Yes. Uh, and also one of the kind of key things is to, uh, what I like to do is that I take a short walk usually mm. before I start my, my working day. And uh, it kind of helps you to, to kind of get your, brains into the mode and uh, i have also realized that sometimes there are days that you you just kind of like you, you just don't get there and and kind of like you you might have something to do but you you quite don't kind of know how where how mm -hmm. and where to start and grasp and those days uh, because i'm a control person and and i i get quite um anxious that okay i need to do i need to do a lot and i i, I like to kind of like keep keep things progressed and this is a thing that i needed to learn that there is times when you have to just back off mm -hmm. let it be and and do something else completely different take a walk or or whatever and and let it kind of evolve and then all of the sudden i can do the thing in in one or two hour when i'm yeah. in the kind of like on the i don't know some call it flow state or whatever because then it just kind of comes yes. so i had to I had to teach myself to, mm -hmm. to kind of like come into those that uh, there are times and, and kind of like yeah, times sometimes when you, you don't have the answers and that is yeah. absolutely okay. They will come to you later on. Yes. Yeah. And, and it's better to back off instead of pushing it. Totally. Because, totally uh, and of course, if you have a deadline, usually it's kind of like a, out of stress, you are just able to manage <laughs> it. But I'm, I'm a rather a person who makes everything like way before the deadline and mm -hmm. i i prefer doing it like that so i uh that's also one tip that don't don't let things hang on kind of like if you if you can answer the email answer it right away because when you when you start pushing those back it might be that you have then 10 emails to answer mm -hmm. instead of just that one quick and it takes you like five minutes instead of spending an hour and, and answering those so kind of like the the efficiency is also in that that you you don't kind of like make your to-do list too long but you rather keep things rolling and there was a really good book uh, called the one thing mm -hmm. and it was it was a good one when i realized that okay yes you might be quite efficient on your own Thing, but you are doing completely wrong things and you are not actually taking anything forward but you are doing heck of a lot of work and uh, it's kind of the prioritizing that you need to 
know what actually matters, what you are doing. And uh, if, if the email that you receive is, if it's not urgent or it, it doesn't require you, you can kind of get back to it later. But mm -hmm. if it's something that kind of uh, should be answered anyway, and you are at it, you, you might be easier to, to do it right away, but kind of prioritizing. And I'm a big fan of uh, kind of, planning somewhat my week that I know that what, what I'm doing, what I'm supposed to do, mm -hmm. how it's related to the overall picture and uh, kind of keeping in mind the, the big vision in, in that sense. Great. That's a lot of uh, practical tips. Excellent. If you had to summarize everything that you know into one key recommendation for other entrepreneurs out there or aspiring... Routines. Routines. <laughs> okay, that's yes. pretty clear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is because uh, when you know it, when you kind of like you you kind of you wake up when when you know what you are supposed to do in each hour, it it makes your uh, especially if you have kids, it makes mm -hmm. everything so much easier because uh, they know when it's time to eat and they know when it's time to go to sleep and it's kind of like your your days build around that. If there is a hassle in that, it's hard to take your own hours kind mm -hmm. of like in, in between. When you have the routines, you know that, okay, this is the time when I'm able to do my work and it's kind of like, and, and stick to it. Of course you can, when you have good routines, it's easy to be flexible. Yes. Well, I really enjoyed that conversation. I could continue talking with you for another two hours, but um, unfortunately, I will have to stop here. One last question. How can people contact you? Uh, through LinkedIn. Okay. Please. Yes. All and right. Twitter. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for your time today, Anna. Thank you. It was, it was really nice. Excellent, and thank you all for listening. I'd love to hear your feedback about today's interview. So if you have any questions for my guest or for myself, or if you'd like to be a guest yourself, send an email to contact at laurentin.com or reach out on LinkedIn. See you next time. Bye-bye.